Welcome to the midweek edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. We are coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is a locally owned commercial and residential cleaning company who specializes in commercial cleaning from shared workspaces in commercial buildings to medical clinics, retail stores, production facilities, and high-rise building maintenance. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. You can find me, social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Shout out to Ways to Talent for the music. I love doing these types of shows. I don't know if you love listening to them, but I love doing them. It is how they were built. We look at the two teams competing for a championship, this time in the National Football League, and just go through, see how they were built. A, see if there is like one big string that unravels a whole bunch. That's like an, oh, wow, this is a major turning point. Just see because one of the things I'm really fascinated with is the team building aspect of things and what is successful. Because I find a lot of times in sports, there is a, like we talk all the time about how sports, oh, well, this is a copycat league. Well, this is a copycat league. Oh, well, I don't know if you know this, but they're a copycat league as well. And a lot of it is just, well, this worked, so let's try that. And I always caution there's more than one way to win and there's more than one way to build a winner. And I think after going through these You can see that very clearly. So we'll start with the champions of the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, It helps when you have uh, Joe Burrow, who gets drafted number one overall, and that's what they had. Uh, Joe Burrow is the first overall pick. That's how they acquired their quarterback. Joe Mixon starting a run. By the way, there are some of these, like, I'm, I'm sure you could screenshot a couple of plays and say, oh, see, not all 11 guys are out there. I just went with the 11 offensive players who had the most starts. I'm not necessarily tracking who is starting at all times at right guard for these squads. So if I miss a couple, I apologize. Uh, on the Rams side, there was a bunch of dudes who started like eight games. And so in, instead of just like rifling through a bunch of dudes, I, I just went with the eight guys who had started the most and then a couple of obviously key players along the way who joined midway through. Uh, So anyway, back on the Bengals. Joe Burrow, they draft their quarterback first overall. Joe Mixon drafted in the second round, 48th overall in 2017. Jamar Chase was drafted in the first round in 2021. That was an interesting selection. It is one that I had a great deal of problems with. I thought that they should have drafted an offensive lineman and... It's it's tough to say, well, they clearly should have drafted an offensive lineman because they're playing in the damn Super Bowl and Jamar Chase has been a difference maker on this team. However, this is a team that has major issues on the offensive line. And so I still think that is, it's not a, see, the offensive line isn't a big issue. No, 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 no. The offensive line is a major issue. They just have a generational quarterback who, uh, maybe not generational, that might be a bit much. They just have a very high level quarterback who is able to work his way around those. But anyway, I digress. Other weapons in the passing game, T. Higgins, wide receiver, drafted in the second round, 33rd overall in 2020. Tyler Boyd, drafted in the second round, 55th overall in 2016. So you are very clearly seeing a um, a strategy here, I guess, or a, a, a philosophy that they want their skill players drafted pretty high up. They, they, they want to, like the guys who are going to be throwing and catching the ball, They're going to invest some major resources in those. Here is where you start to see where the resources weren't put in and you are seeing the results from it. 
Oh, CJ Uzoma, uh, fifth round pick in 2015. The, the fact that you're getting this kind of production out of a fifth, uh, fifth round pick is phenomenal. Um, so kudos on that one. But now on the offensive line, you have Jonah Williams, the 11th pick in 2019. Okay, we are investing resources in the offensive line. Uh, you have Quinton Spann, who is drafted in 2020 after he was cut by the Buffalo Bills. Um, then you have Trey Hopkins, initially signed in 2014. They cut him and brought him back in 2015, and then twice in 2016. So not necessarily a hot commodity out there. And then you have... Hakeem Adeniji, who is drafted with the sixth round pick in 2020. And then you have Isaiah Prince, who is picked up after being cut by the Miami Dolphins, who drafted him in the sixth round in 2019. And again, it is difficult to criticize the Cincinnati Bengals for not putting resources into their offensive line when they are playing in the Super Bowl, but it is so clear. It is the biggest weak spot in this game. The Rams do not have a hole on their team that is equal to the issues that the Bengals have on the offensive line, and it got them to a Super Bowl, so I guess la-di-da, but I just can't imagine that this is a way going forward, and so this isn't like, oh, they tried to, to fill this offensive line, and there was just a bunch of busts on the team. They used a first-round pick in, in 2019, but then after that, it's dudes who have been cut, and it's dudes who they have cut a couple of times and then brought back. There's just, there's no resources put in on the offensive line, so it, it's very clear what the issue on the offensive line is. It's, they haven't given a shit about it, really, is, is what it a lot of it comes down to. And they, they used the second round pick on Jackson Carmen in 2021. Uh, he started in six of 17 games this season. So I guess there has been some resources put towards it and it just hasn't necessarily worked out. But still, you can see the starters on this offensive line, there's just not the resources dedicated to it. On the defensive side of the ball, this is where um, a little bit more of the, the team building aspect comes in. You have at strong safety, you have Von Bell, who was signed as a free agent in 2016. Sam Hubbard on the defensive line is a third-round pick in 2018, 77th overall. Eli Apple, one of the big contributors uh, contributors to this team, signed in 2020 after Carolina let him go. He bounced around a little bit and has finally actually reached the potential that uh, he, we thought he was going to. A little bit, at least in in this playoff run. Anyway, he, he's been phenomenal for them in the postseason. And uh, I think he came up with a, a game-changing play with his tackle on Tyreek Hill at the end of the first half of the, the AFC Championship game. You have Jesse Bates, a second-round pick in 2018. Jermaine Pratt, a third-round pick in 2019. DJ Reader, a defensive tackle. They sign him as a free agent. You have Chidobia Woozy, who is a former second-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys. They signed him as a free agent last offseason. Same thing with Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton. You have Logan Wilson, who is a third-round pick in 2020. And you have Josh Topu, uh, Tupu, who is a undrafted free agent signing. So you are seeing a little bit more those resources that we talked about being put on the defensive side of the ball. There's a couple drafts and develop guys there, but there's a lot of free agent signings. And so it seems pretty clear what at least the construction of the starting unit has been geared towards. You have a push to draft skill players with high picks. You have free agent signings to supplement your defense, and you have a hope and a prayer 
on the the defensive line. The best way I've heard it described this week is Bomani Jones saying that the Bengals' best strategy to draft Aaron Don or to, to cover Aaron Donald is to ask nicely. That's basically what they have. And I mean, again, it's it it's got them to the Super Bowl, but it is very clear that if they want to get back to this point in a sustainable fashion, the offensive line is something that needs to be addressed. And you just, you look at how this offensive line is built and it's not the high-end guys. It is very much just pieced together. On the LA Rams side, it's a mix of both. And I was expecting it to be this guy was traded for and this guy was traded for and this guy was traded for. But uh, let's get into it. You have Matthew Stafford who was acquired by the Detroit Lions or from the Detroit Lions for a 2021 third round pick, a 2022 first, a 2023 first, and Jared Goff. I would say worth it to, to get to this point. That 2022 first round pick is going to be either the 31st or the 32nd selection of the first round. Who knows about 2023 and Jared Goff. Eh. So when you have a, a quarterback who gets you to this point, I would say that that trade would be graded as successful so far for the LA Rams. Cam Akers, the star running back who just comes back from Achilles injury, he gets selected 52nd overall in 2020. They traded a 2022 5th and 6th for Sonny Michelle. I like those types of moves. I think that, I mean, A, like you, you could cut Sonny Michelle and it would be fine. But are you going to get a like a guy who is going to contribute to your team in a meaningful way in the fifth or sixth round. There are certainly guys who have done it, absolutely, but I would rather use those picks to get established players, especially when they had issues in the running game when uh, Cam Akers went down with that injury. So I, I I don't mind the gamble, and it seems to have paid off. Cooper Cup, the uh, 69th overall selection in 2017. You want to hurt some feelings as I go through my notebook? Receivers who were taken ahead of Cooper Cup in 2017. I believe Cooper Cup is at least in the top two of receivers in the NFL right now. Here are the receivers who were selected ahead of him in the 2017 NFL Draft. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, Zay Jones, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster. So, not great. I would suggest Cooper Cup is number one on that list. And then I would suggest there is a Grand Canyon-sized space, and then you have number two. And even, like, John Ross, I'm not even sure he's in the league right now. Zay Jones is a complimentary piece on a Raiders team that uh, the best thing you can say about their receiving group is that they aren't very good. And Curtis Samuel couldn't stay healthy all season long. Corey Davis... I'm not sure if he's still in the league. I'm pretty sure he's still in the league. He was in the league at the start of the season, but he was quiet all year. Again, pardon the notebook flipping around. Uh, for some reason, I, with messy printing, decided to handwrite all these notes. So the point is the Rams get a gift with Cooper Cup in the third round, but that really establishes this whole offense. Odell Beckham Jr., you should know this one. He was signed as a free agent during the season after he was cut during the season by the Cleveland Browns. Tyler Higby, uh, their tight end, Drafted in the fourth round in 2016. On the offensive line, center Austin Corbett traded for from Cleveland for a 2021 fifth round pick. They use a fifth round pick on David Edwards. Uh, they use a second round pick on Rob Havenstein in 2016. I would say that one's paid off. You have Brian Allen, who they acquired that pick 
Actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. They acquire that pick as part of a Robert Quinn trade with the Miami Dolphins many, many moons ago. Um, so it's, it's interesting how that trade comes back and helps them solidify the offensive line. But the big move on the offensive line is, uh, Andrew Whitworth, who is signed as a free agent in the 2021 offseason. That is the move that solidifies this offensive line and establishes them as a pretty good unit. But again, like you look at it and th- there's a couple of, a-, a bit more asset investment in this than there was on the, the Cincinnati offensive line, right? Like you have a second round pick in here. Now there's a first round pick on, on Cincinnati, but you have a star free agent signing in Whitworth that there just, there isn't that with all due respect to guys who've been cut three times playing guard for the Bengals, that there just isn't that on the, the Cincinnati side of things. On the defensive side of the ball, you have Aaron Donald, who was a first round draft pick in 2014. He was the 13th overall selection. I'm going to suggest if we go back to the 2014 NFL draft, there are going to be some people who uh, maybe regret the selections ahead of Mr. Donald in this uh, particular draft that we have here. Let's see. This is the, oh, the Jadavion Clowney year. So that's great for the uh, Houston Texans. This is, oh, interestingly, this is the Rams' second pick of that draft. They go Greg Robinson in the first round. Um, That one does not appear to have worked out all that great for the, the Rams. But just going through this, picks one through 13, you have Jadavion Clowney for the Houston Texans. It worked, but not all the way. Greg Robinson, but again, by the Rams, who end up hitting a little bit later on. Uh, Blake Bortles to Jacksonville. I would suggest they would rather Aaron Donald in that spot. Sammy Watkins to Buffalo. Ditto. Khalil Mack to the Raiders. I think that they're they're pr- probably pretty happy with that. Jake Matthews to the Falcons. Mike Evans to Tampa Bay. A fellow named Justin Gilbert, drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Anthony Barr for Minnesota. He's still playing there, so that one that one works. Uh, Eric Ebron to Detroit. I don't think if you could go back in time, you would select a tight end over one of the most dominant defensive players in the National Football League. Uh, And Taylor Lewan to the Tennessee Titans. And then, oh, look, Odell Beckham Jr. anyway to, obviously, the New York Giants. So a couple of regrets in there, but a couple teams that would take their pick. Leonard Floyd, free agent signing in 2020. That one really solidifying this defense. You have at safety Taylor Rapp, a second round pick in 2019. Another aggressive trade is Jalen Ramsey, acquired by the Rams from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a 2020 first round pick that ends up uh, essentially being nothing. You have a 2021 first round pick that ends up being Travis Etienne, to be determined, didn't play this season, waste of a pick because they already had a pretty good running back there, and then a fourth round pick in 2021 that ended up being flipped. I would call that a huge win for the the LA Rams, and one that uh, I think, again, really solidifies this defense. You have Greg Gaines, a fourth round pick on the defensive line. Darius Williams, a cornerback, was actually claimed off of waivers from Baltimore in 2018. Troy Reader, a linebacker, undrafted free agent. And then you have Evan Miller, who is acquired, or sorry, not Evan Miller. I can't, I can't read my writing. Vaughn Miller, acquired from the Denver Broncos uh, for a 2022 second and a 2022 third. So again, both of these teams on the defensive side of the ball, there is a bit of draft and develop there, but there is a lot of going out and acquiring this talent on, on the other side. So 
you have a couple of teams with different ways of going about there. There are similarities. Like you have a couple of high draft picks that absolutely hit. And those are obviously key, right? Like those are, those are so important when you're building, trying to build championship teams, you miss on one of those. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, I know I, I reference him a lot, but he said, like, when you look at big free agent deals, every big, for every big free agent deal, I'll show you a miss in the draft. And that, that seems to be kind of what's happening here where you have some high-end talent that has ended up working out high-end draft picks right like Aaron Donald that we talked about on the Rams clearly Joe Burrow has worked out for the Cincinnati Bengals the thing that I had I appreciated when going through what the Rams did compared to what the Cincinnati Bengals did is that there it's a bit more aggressive when it comes to the team building aspect of it. And there's a lot more trades when it comes to the team building aspect of it. But it is it is very clear we have established a weakness and we are going out to address it. And there's a bit of that with the Bengals, but again, the biggest one is that offensive line. And you can just see where resources are poured into and where resources are not poured into. So I thought that was just an interesting look into the Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams and how those teams were built. that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X is where the A's would be. And you could find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. Tonight at the back alley, Can-Am Wrestling is back and they got a steel cage match. Here to help us get ready for this one is the CEO of Can-Am Wrestling, the Alberta Wrestling Academy and the Can-Am Cafe Merchandise Store, uh, the CEO of all things Can-Am Wrestling. He is Otto Gentile. Otto, thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Peter. Hey, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into the, the show tonight. Uh, it is, as I mentioned, a steel cage match. The Gods of Metal, who are Jordan Aries and Cody Mack, taking on the brand of big business, Sydney Steel, and headline Sean Martins. Um, it sells itself for me, but but for those who may not be uh, aware, well, let's, uh, let's talk some people into the building. What can they expect with this one tonight? Uh, what can they expect? Uh, well, as anybody knows, going inside a steel cage, anything can happen. But the stipulation with this one is a little bit different because both partners have to escape through the door and both sets of feet have to touch the floor in order to win. So this could be a very devastating fact for either team because of one partner getting out of the cage and the other one being stuck in there two on one. Mm -hmm. So possibilities are incredible uh it's steel uh ripping of flesh bleeding uh what can i tell you you know it's it, it hasn't happened in can-am wrestling in over 20 years so i'm uh looking to bring our history alive again yeah i think jim ross uses the line flesh versus steel steel's undefeated uh that's it's generally not not a forgiving structure so uh you said first steel cage match in can-am wrestling in a very long time uh, so, so obviously something happened to necessitate this, this sort of a match. Well, the, the last show that we had, we had the gods of metal and the brand in a full metal mayhem match, which ended up with both teams winning because one referee counted the shoulders of the, uh, I think it was Sean Martin's or uh, Sydney Steele to the ground, and then it was the other way around on the other side. So there was one team that won, one team that won on either side of the ring. So what could I do but hold up the belts and uh, order this cage match where we do finally get to have a winner? 
it, it has to be decided tonight. There's no if and Nice. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I, I want to get a, a little bit more into the, the gods of metal. Um, when you talk to, to people around Calgary who are in the wrestling business, it doesn't take long for, for the name Jordan Aries to, to pop up. There, there's some people it's like, hi, how are you? I'm good. Have you seen Jordan Aries recently? Like people are really excited about this kid. Um, kind of explain what some of this hype is about with him. Well, he's, a, he's not a big man by any standards, but he is a high flyer that uh, has no fear. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him climb to the top of the cage and fly off of it tonight. So the, the guy's an incredible athlete. I mean, all four guys in the ring tonight are going to be incredible to watch. Mm-hmm. But you have the brand that are two guys that are powerhouses. They're two veterans that are in, in this business for a very long, long time. Uh, probably they have the more experience than the gods of metal do due to the fact that they have been in this industry longer. So. It's going to be cool to see whether or not the young guys can overtake the veterans tonight. And uh, like I said to you, anything's possible. But like you said earlier, uh, flesh versus steel. Steel is unbeaten. So I hope uh, these guys are ready for this because it will change their lives forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and his partner, Cody Mack, uh, he, he's someone who I had on my, my radio show when I still had one here, uh, a couple of years ago. And just to see him progress over the last couple of years has been really, really fun. You, you, with the Alberta wrestling Academy, you see that type of uh, progression all the time. What's it like as someone who has been that performer and has kind of had it click, what's it like now to see some pupils of yours kind of have that, that kind of, Oh, heck moment for them. It's, it's Peter. It's incredible. I, I, I live vicariously through each and every one of our students that, uh, that do this and, and to see them improve over and over and over as we go here is just absolutely amazing. Uh, one of, one of the guys that's improving incredibly is Davey disaster. Like, like tonight he has a title shot for the first time against the cheetah bear, our champion. Uh, just to see Davey progress from where he was a year ago to, to where he is today is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Rhino Reynolds, uh, a powerhouse that we have, uh, you know, a guy that weighs 295 pounds, uh, an ex-football player doing this now. And a, a lot of football players do have the success in this industry because of the way they played football on the, on the gridiron, right? So to see Rhino improve every show that he goes out there and performs at is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids that are going to be coming up soon tonight another kid making a debut Aaron Six the, the the runaway rebel he calls himself this guy's a bit of a twisted individual uh, I'm looking forward to it uh, nasty Nate Nixon another veteran making his debut tonight the show is going to the show is going to be incredible and we always have a surprise or two for the wrestling fans well, we don't like to give it away, but tonight is going to be absolutely spectacular. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I, I will be there with bells on for sure. Um, you talk about having some of these people making their debuts and these, these performers coming up. Um, as someone who, again, with the, the Alberta Wrestling Academy, <clears throat> excuse me, um, like obviously you want to get these guys working. That, that's how you improve. That There's only so much training you can do and so much progressing you can do with that. You, you have to be out in front of that live audience. For, for putting on these shows, is it tough to balance like, getting as many of these kids all this exposure as possible 
while also like getting these veterans on and putting on what, what's not just a wrestling school essentially for the, the paying customer. I, I personally, I would find that balance difficult to, to kind of walk. So how, how have you been able to manage that? It is difficult and you have to be really careful in judging if the kid's ready or not to, to be in front of a crowd because you don't want to put him out there where, you know, he, he fails and then he's disappointed in himself because that just sets him back because all the training he has done and then to go out there and we call it shit the bed. Right. Mm. So hopefully as coaches, as mentors, we, we can see the strengths that they have. We can utilize them to their advantage in their character development. And uh, when we do put them out there, most of the time, these guys are very, very ready. Uh, I'm just happy that uh, the kids that we have are hungry as they are. And uh, they're killing it every night that they're out there. Another guy that, uh, man, a year ago, he was sitting in the crowd watching. He was a fan. And I talked him into coming to train with us at the Alberta Wrestling Academy. And uh, Mr. Tropical Paradise, Devin Veer, is absolutely killing it now in the ring. Tonight, he takes on a 30-year veteran in the All-American Steve Rivers with that snake of a manager, Abu Weasal. So I wish Devin all the best. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the kid pulls one out. You never know what's going to happen, right? He's uh, that good now that uh, you never know what's going to happen when Mr. Tropical Paradise gets in the ring. Um, going up against Steve Rivers, he's certainly going to have the crowd on his side tonight. Is that that is not someone who, who warms up to an audience? That's kind of Steve's fault and who he's uh, aligned himself with. You know, he's aligned himself with the weasel as we knew him back in the stampede days. So when you align yourself with trouble, uh, there's only one thing that can come your way. <laughs> you are the company you keep. Um, you, you mentioned the, the champion, uh, Cheetah Bear. I will admit, when I first saw the, 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 the whole presentation, I was like, Cheetah Bear, really? I kind of rolled my eyes. But now it, I, I would watch him. If he wrestled 18 times tonight, I would be enthralled the 18th time. Like he just, one of those dudes who just seems to, to have it. Um, well, uh, that, that, that's easy for me to say. I'm just the, the podcast guy. You've been there. You've done this. You've trained him. What do you see that, that kind of draws people in with Cheetah Bear? Oh, he's just a crowd favorite. Uh, everything he does is entertaining. He, he involves the crowd in his performance. Uh, his, his promos are, Jesus, man, I, I, I love the, the work he does on his promos. He's a, a very calculating individual that thinks about everything he does. He cares about the company and having him represent us as the heavyweight champion is absolutely incredible. I appreciate the promos because when he's in there with, with Mark the Shark to Carlo, it appears like Shark's going to pee himself every time. And I, I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Mark the Shark has to worry about a few of them making him do that. <laughs> uh just a, a couple more with you here um th this is obviously a, a very weird time in the world um and, and like there, there's changes to restrictions now in alberta but that's like the 18th time that's happened uh, you guys had the the great idea of starting a promotion during a damn pandemic um uh, uh, so now well, with, with everything that's been changing how difficult has it been to to kind of manage that and we talked about before about how important these live reps are how difficult could it have been or would it have been for some of these young performers trying to get that experience? And it's just not there for reasons beyond their control. Uh, well, it, it, I'll tell you the truth, Peter, it's been incredibly hard to stay alive. 
there was a few times I thought we were going under, but uh, thanks to the good people that surround us, like the Oxford House, which is a place for people getting treatment for drug addiction. It's a safe housing place for them. Uh, I'm, I'm very proud of that one due to the fact that I'm 18 years clean and sober myself, so I back them 110% in what they're doing. Uh, we have Bikers Are Buddies of Canada that we just partnered with. And uh, 25 years ago, I was doing coping with bullying. Now I'm, I'm, I'm with a group that wants to stop it entirely, which is just absolutely amazing. And what we've gone through with this pandemic, and our youth coming up is actually more screwed up than ever. And they need that support. They need that help. And uh, it's, uh, it's good to see that there is a guiding light in the Bikers or Buddies Canada. And we couldn't be happier to be partnered with them in a great cause. Uh, as you know, um, we created a group with them called the AWABAB, which is Alberta Wrestling Academy Battling Against Bullying. And what we're going to try to do is get into every single community that we can to spread our message, give that community education, and give them the outreach that they need to support anyone that's getting bullied. Because it doesn't matter what age you are, bullying happens. It doesn't matter. So with that being said, I'm proud to be with them. I'm proud with uh, the championship that they brought forth to us the uh, Bikers or Buddies Championship. And it stands for something that is really cool because the championship is anybody that has gone through their life where they have been bullied and overcome. And our first champion was crowned in Strathmore, Alberta, the other uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, the Canadian badass. And we all know that uh, the Canadian badass, man, he's four foot eight. But let me tell you, he has the heart of a guy that's about eight feet tall. And uh, to see the look on his face when he won that battle royal that night and the tears that were streaming down his face, you could tell that it meant something to him. And uh, that championship means the world to him. And he, I, I, I believe he's going to be an incredible ambassador, not only for the Alberta Wrestling Academy, but for Bikers or Buddies Canada as well. We're also partnered with another group, Nambert Manor, that... Uh, Man, these people care so much about people and helping raise uh, food, uh, hygiene products, whatever they can get their hands on to help all these people that are in recovery. So my hat goes off to Robert and Nancy at Nambert Manor as well. So, so just to be surrounded by all these people that seen us start this during the pandemic. And now we're finally starting to get the attention from the news outlets, radio outlets. It's really good to see. And as an owner of this company, it's a good feeling in my heart to do good for others. So I, I'm absolutely blessed. This pandemic was uh, a crappy thing for all humanity, but uh, to come out of it on the other side, uh, to see the light now at the end of the tunnel is uh, an incredible feeling. And uh, we're only going to do more great things for all these communities that we go into.
Um, just a, a couple more here. I, I'd love to get into to your career, but you have a, a steel cage match to put on. So we'll, we'll maybe put a, a bookmark on that one for another day. Um, well, what's the, the end goal here for, for, for Can-Am wrestling? I, I'm sure best case scenario, we're running shows in McMahon stadium and a hundred thousand people are in there. Uh, but, but in the, the next two, three years, um, what, what's, what, what's kind of the, the goal that you would like to see Can-Am reach? Well, 25 years ago, we were the only professional wrestling, uh, organization that was doing tours right across Canada, from the Queen Charlotte Islands out west to Hamilton, Ontario, out east, Northwest Territories up north, the Yukon, and past. So what I would like to see is get us back to that. Uh, we were doing three- and four-week tours where we would leave our families and go out and, and perform. This was our job. This is what we were doing. And we were my uh, primarily doing uh, workshops for... Uh, First Nation communities that were having a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol and the bullying. See, Can-Am stands for something else. And it means a lot to me because of being 18 years clean and sober. Can-Am stands for constantly against narcotic and alcohol misuse. So trying to get that education out there as well. Uh, you know, it's just letting these kids know that there are choices in life that you have to make. And try to make the right ones because there's some that lead you down the path where you're going to be in a world that you don't want to be in. Nice. I, I, I've loved the shows. Um, I, I've, I, I've been to more than I've missed so far. Um, and to, to know now that there's a, an extra layer on top of it is really, really great. Uh, Otto, this is fantastic, man. Thanks for doing this. And one more time, uh, if people want to check out the Steel Cage match tonight and everything that Canem has to offer, how can they do that? Tonight? Uh... We're at the Back Alley Nightclub, which we have deemed the Can-Am Arena. So come join us at the Can-Am Arena. The doors open at 5.30. From 6 to 8, we have AEW Dynamite on all the screens with sound. And then at 8 o'clock, we take center stage. Tickets are online at canamwrestling.ca. Or, hey, give me a call at 403-369-3677. And I will uh, take your orders over the phone and make sure that your tickets are waiting for you at the door. Otto, thank you so much for this, man, and uh, best of luck. Thank you, Peter. All right, that's the show. Thanks again to Otto. Uh, once again, the show tonight is at the back alley. Doors opening at 5.30. It's a lot of fun watching AEW Dynamite, uh, and it's it's really fun to see that the waitresses who aren't necessarily wrestling fans uh, actually get into some of the wrestling that's going on. going to be a big episode of Dynamite tonight, so go check that out, and then the wrestling starts at 8 o'clock. going to be a fun time down at the back Allie, that's going to do it for the show today. Coming up tomorrow on Twitch, um, I will be live there for a bit, doing some NBA trade deadline stuff and then doing some live stuff with uh, the Fresh Take Network as we approach the NBA's trade deadline. So there's going to be a lot from you tomorrow. Take a look on social media on Twitter and Instagram. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, as always, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. You can also give the gift of time during the month February, call in and book a residential cleaning for someone you love and get 14% off when you call 403-274-3998. Mention that you are phoning about the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions Valentine's promotion. All of our broadcasts coming from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. So happy to have them on board. Happy to have you on board as well. As we continue on, I'll be back in podcast form on Friday. UFC preview, Super Bowl preview. Going to be a good time. Hope you guys join us. Talk to you all later. I'm out.